You're listening to Radio Influence. Why, You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 10 12 60 with your questions, comments, or smart-ass remarks. Welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. Jeff Michel here, the con man behind the glass, and we're your weekly source for performance information. If you have any questions, comments, smart remarks, please reach out to us. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is the email. If you have a topic or something you'd like us to investigate, let us know. We may dedicate a segment or an entire episode to your idea, and we've done it in the past. We're certainly going to do it again. And as much as we like to get you guys thinking about things that you might not be thinking about, you get us thinking about things that we might not be thinking about, and that's a great, great partnership no matter how you look at it. All right, how is everybody doing? The shutdown continues, and we got a really big show today, an important show. We're going to talk about the mental side of the game, um, but I want to just get a feel for how everybody's doing. I am sort of hanging in there. We've got all of our girls home, back from college, and all over the place, and so we are hunkering down as a family, and I'm finding the little things are making a big difference. I got a really funny message from a good good friend of mine, somebody I went to university with years ago, and we stay in touch once in a while. But this just came out of the blue, and it was kind, kind of caught me off guard and funny. It says, quarantine, day 20. Uh, it starts out, sorry, it starts out like this. Hey, really busy day at the household today. Uh, quarantine, day 35. Um, he said, today, I melted an ice cube with my mind just by staring at it. It took a lot longer than I thought it would. <laughs> and I don't know if I just... He just sent that at the perfect time or it just got me at the right time. But I found that incredibly funny because, you know, in these shutdown things, what, what are we doing with our time? It's so, we're so away from the normal that, uh, yeah, staring at an ice cube, watching it melt or melting an ice cube with my mind. <laughs> That's powerful stuff. Anyway, just, just funny, funny things. And all these posts that are going on now on, on the internet, uh, really, uh, really good stuff. People trying to make light of a very, very tough situation. And, and as serious as this is, and uh, it's been very, very trying for a lot of people, uh, myself and the family included, but I think of all the athletes and all the students and, you know, everybody that's, that it's an impacting. And of course, then our frontline workers who are out there doing the good work. Uh, and I just can't say thank you enough to those people for sure. Um, but, but we do have to take care of ourselves. This is the thing. And it's really, really hard in these shutdown uh, times and this isolation times. Now in North America, for the most part, we're still allowed to go outside. We're allowed to walk down the street and exercise. And you see all, all these great videos of, of neighborhoods getting together and doing drive-by birthdays and, you know, health walks, you know, with, with social distancing. So really, really cool things going on and good news from overseas. Our good friends in Italy, where, of course, uh, they were one of the hardest hit regions in the world with this COVID um, scenario. Um, on May 4th, they are looking at um, letting people get outside. They're going to open the parks so people can go exercise and get outside. You could take your kids out for a walk. Social distancing, we still have to be incredibly smart, but the social distancing is going to have to be there. But imagine being locked down in their homes for so long. And, uh, and some of the great videos we've seen from Italy over this terrible, terrible time, people singing on their balconies and, and, you know, opera and people playing their, their instruments for their neighbors. And 
everyone gathering on their driveways and just clapping your hands for two or three minutes just to salute all the frontline workers. So many good things coming out of this. But still, we can't ignore how we're feeling personally. And on the mental health side of this, uh, whether you've been isolated or whether you've been impacted by a family member who's had the terrible uh, condition of COVID and, and all of the complications and even deaths that it's causing, um, we still have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. And, you know, I see it firsthand with uh, uh, my daughters and myself even, but also with our neighbors and certainly talking to some of the teams we work with and our athletes. Everybody's dealing with different things. But at the end of the day, I think there's strategies, some general strategies I think we can we can discuss and talk about that, that might make a big difference. I mean, from day one, we've been trying to frame this up, especially for our athletes and the organizations we've been working with, framing this up as an opportunity to really, really use this downtime, use this time where we're not out doing what we would normally do to step back and do something for ourselves to make ourselves better, whether it's in our sport, our music, our school, whatever, whatever arena of performance you're in. This is a massive, massive opportunity, and we can't overlook that. Now, we're not trying to downplay the seriousness of this. It's just this is the hand we've all been dealt. And we often talk about this. We can only control the controllables. And understanding what you can control and what you can't control is one of the first steps in that fight. And getting control of something, everybody, is really, really powerful. So if you have athletes, get on that Zoom control or get on that Zoom call or that video call and encourage them to, to get proactive. If you have athletes at home or students at home, man, this is a tough, tough time for our young people uh, as it is for everybody. But the one thing we can all do is exercise. Exercise has just been proven to improve mood, concentration, improves our sleep, just our overall sense of well-being. And whatever level you're at, it might be a brisk walk, it might be a bike ride, it might be going out and doing a wicked training session if you're an athlete. But exercise needs to be programmed in to your everyday activity, especially during these hard, hard times. It is a game changer. And recently I've been lucky to be invited to do a couple presentations on exactly this. I was on with uh, Visual Insights, Ryan Harrison from Slow the Game Down last week doing a video conference. I can't remember how many people were on uh, but we were just talking about, you know, strategies for the shutdown and some of the things we need to be considering, you know, when we have these opportunities. And earlier, uh, about three or four weeks ago, I was uh, lucky and honored to be asked to kick off the Baseball Canada's National Coaching Certification Program's Hot Stove Series. And we talked about shutdown action plans, what we should be talking about or could be talking about for our athletes in terms of the shutdown. And there are just some very simple strategies that we've really been encouraging all of our athletes to consider. What do we do to stay sharp during the shutdown, but not just stay sharp. What can we do to get better? Well, we got to take care of the foundation stuff, first of all. And what we've been encouraging a lot of our athletes to do and almost everybody we talk to for that matter is make sure that you have a daily schedule and a routine outlined so you have a reference point to bounce off of. Now, you don't have to stick to it. Things are going to change for sure. But just like our athletes when they're in season or when they're off season training hard, we really make sure they have a daily plan in place. And it, it includes things like when are you going to wake up, uh, your food and hydration times, you're a student athlete, when are you going to be in class or doing homework, how much screen time are you going to have, and when is it 
going to happen? And what are you going to do during that screen time? There are things you can do just to relax and, you know, entertain yourself, but you can also be very strategic in that screen time. There are things you can do to get better. Um, if you're hunkered down and isolated at home, are you helping? What are you doing the chores around the house? What needs to get done in the yard or around the house? And then also your exercise and training. When are you going to do your skill work? What are you going to do to improve your skills and skill set? But it also with your strength and conditioning, the athlete side. What are you doing and when are you going to do your athlete side? That daily schedule is really, really important. And it can be simple as a, as a little, you know, a coil scribbler. Or if you want to get more sophisticated, you can get a day timer. You can actually print it out. We'll, we'll post our, our daily schedule sheets on our website. You guys can check them out and download them for sure. But having that plan is the first step, I think, in coping and dealing with this and making it productive. The other thing we've asked a lot of our athletes to do now that we've got this downtime is to just reflect a little bit. Self-evaluation. I can tell you this. We're not great self-evaluators. You know, it's really important that the coaches and the people around us are giving us great, accurate feedback so we can learn to adjust, adjust and improve. And we need those people around us. But it's also very, very important that we understand how to self-evaluate when it comes to our performance and even just overall in general, the things we feel are important. You know, what are your strengths? What can you what can you do and what do you need to work on in order to get better? And, and what do you want to get better at? If you know where, what your strengths are, and trust me, if you're strong, if you have a strength in your sport, don't just be good at that strength. Be the best at that strength. Train your strengths, priority number one, and then support those strengths with the other areas that you can focus on to, to make you a better athlete and ultimately a better player in your sport. What are your goals as an athlete? This is a great time to address all of those right now because we're not competing with the end goal of what's going to make me a better player in my sport? What's going to make me more coachable? What's going to make me more adaptable, more diverse? And what's going to help me get those performance outcomes inside our sport that you might just be short of right now? This is a huge, huge opportunity. So we got to frame it up. Daily schedule and understanding where you're at are two big ones. Now, when it comes to general priorities, I can tell you right now, this is a big one for me, cardiovascular fitness. Depending on your sport and depending your level of fitness and where you're at, you have to be careful here. It has to be done right. But what a huge opportunity this is to establish uh, or reestablish a cardiovascular base. We don't know when sport's going to return and we're going to start getting indicators of when that might happen. And once we get those dates, we'll reverse engineer backwards to where we are and we'll try to do the best we can. But if you have a good cardiovascular base, and I'm not talking about running marathons or anything. If you're a marathoner, well, that's a different converse, a conversation. But I'm talking about having a solid, rock-solid cardio base. It's going to help you in everything you do. Injury prevention, recovery time, sleep, just your mood and wellness. It is such an underestimated part of, of sport performance. Even if your sport isn't a cardio sport, it's going to impact you. Then your strength and posture, um, multiple sport activities. And if you've been following me on Twitter at Jeff crush or on Facebook or Instagram or, or, uh, LinkedIn, uh, we've been posting, you know, stay sharp during the shutdown drills, just ideas of things you can do away from your sport. Cause it's one thing to work on your technical tactical side and the skill set of your sport, but how do you expand that skill set? It's very, very difficult to expand a skill set. If you're so focused on sports specificity when we look at really building the robustness would be a good word, I think, to use. When we're really trying to make our athletes more robust, we challenge them with things that 
might have nothing to do with their sport. A great one recently is we've uh, posted uh, Stay Sharp drills, Crush Stay Sharp drills, um, freestyle jump rope. Now, I was lucky enough to work with some incredible athletes over the years, and I got got into working with some of the elite badminton players. These people are incredible athletes. Badminton is such a, a great sport. I loved playing it in school. I never got, of course, mainstream with it, but I still play it even today. It's such a great sport. But when you get to the, the elite levels, junior national and into the world stage of badminton, oh, my goodness, these athletes are special. I was uh, working with a, a couple of high school-age girls who were sort of junior national levels, you know, sort of just stepping onto the world stage in badminton. And when I started working with them, the one thing I didn't know was that they were competitive jump rope uh, competitors, and uh, uh, specialists, athletes, whatever you, I guess you'd say, athletes. And um, when we started working on their training program, I actually, you know, worked jump rope into our, into our training. They're, okay, we love jump rope. We're, Great. So let's go for it. Let's see what you guys can do. <laughs> I got schooled. I got, I got, I got a university education in freestyle jump rope. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. These girls could jump rope. There's no question in my mind that that jump rope contributed to their ability to play in the sport of badminton for sure. So, you know, we posted that, some great video clips from YouTube on learn to jump rope. Juggling is another one. Um, tennis ball, reaction drills. So many great things you can do that might have nothing to do with your sport, but could really impact your abilities as an athlete and maybe open up new doors of potential inside of your sport. And so multiple sport activities during this shutdown are great. And, you know, talking with Ryan Harrison on the Visual Insight uh, video cast the other day, um, of course, Ryan and his father being two of the top visual training specialists in the world, uh, you can check them out at Slow the Game Down. Um, you know, vision drills are some of the lowest hanging fruit. If you want to immediately impact your performance, start training your vision. It's one thing to, to look, but it's another thing to actually see you know, and focus on the right things. And depending on what your sport is, the type of vision you train. But there is a low-hanging fruit that can significantly impact your performance right now. And you're only limited by your imagination now. If you're getting into the world of vision and, and some of these specialty areas, there's a lot of great experts. And if you need help with that, again, write to us. We're, we, we're connected with some of these people, just you know, lucky enough to work at the highest level of sport for so long. We got to meet some really incredible people who love sharing their knowledge. So if you're looking to get into any of this stuff, and you're not sure what to do or who to talk to, hey, drop us a line. If we don't have the answer, I can tell you right now, we there's a really strong chance we know somebody who does have that answer. All right, and speaking of answers, today on the show, I want to get to this because it's an important part of the conversations from this last week from our audience and also from our athletes around the world and also uh, from my girls, my family. I got three daughters at home right now. I'm glad everybody's here. We're safe and sound, and you know they're playing games. We're cooking meals, and you know doing the best we can in the shutdown. But really starting to get uh, 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 some insight as to the the mental impact this shutdown is having, and and I think it's a worthy conversation. So coming up after this break, we're going to visit with Crush Favor John Stevenson from Zone Performance, registered psychologist. John works with athletes of all different levels, from professional right down to grassroots. He works with the general public. He works with first responders, the army, military. Um, just a really, really well-rounded perspective of the psychology side of it, but also the performance side. We talk about things like bio and neurofeedback, cognitive, perceptual training, some of these really cool areas that we're now able to attack, not just for our athletes, but for 
general health as well. We talk about awareness and decision-making and training brain processing speed, all this cool stuff. We're going to get into it right after this, everybody. So an important conversation coming up right after this with Crush Favor, John Stevenson. Stick around. Find out what it takes to be a top performer. Get the Crush blog, podcast, and newsletter at crushperformance.com. Now back to the show. And welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Jeff Kershell here. Listen, if you want to get in touch with us, reach out. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is the email. We answer every single message we get. If you have a topic or something you'd like us to investigate, let us know. We may dedicate a segment or an entire episode to your idea. We've done it in the past. We certainly will do it again. And today, I really wanted to get into the mental game. The mental game of performance, but also the mental game of dealing with this massive shutdown that we're all living through right now. There are so many things we could be doing, not just to improve our performance, but just to improve our mental mindset as well. So it makes me very happy to introduce Crush Favorite, John Stevenson, registered psychologist from Zone Performance. John, thanks for coming on the show, man. What a difficult, difficult time it's been for our athletes, for our students, well, for people in general during this shutdown. And I thought this would be a really, really fantastic, timely conversation with you right now. How have you been holding out? You know, Jeff, um, there was an interview. Um, the uh, I'm doing great. And, I, and it kind of reminds me of there's an interview just on Global News recently here, the um, the Ironman who does all the ultra marathon um, races. And they were asking the same question. And he turned around and he said something kind of funny. He said, you know, I'm just, maybe I'm just rewired differently, but I look at this as a great opportunity. This is a great, we've been given the gift of time. And, um, and, and I, I honestly, when he said that, I feel the same way right now. I feel that this could be uh, one of the greatest productive opportunities, not to minimize all the, you know, the devastating effects that the, the virus has had, you know, uh, in our province and around the world. But I do believe if um, I, I consider it, you know, like what I, what I teach my clients, this is just another uncontrollable. We don't have control over the uncontrollables, but we definitely have control over how we choose to respond to them. And I think, um, you know, if we redirect our focus and that's what to me mental toughness is, mental toughness is what you choose to focus on. And in this time, I think, um, you know, for all the athletes that are not playing, maybe this is a great time for them to maximize their time in terms of training other areas that they may, may have not had the opportunity to work on. Yeah, so, I love it. Sorry, long-winded answer. <laughs> no, no, no. Absolutely great answer. And I'll tell you right now, you're uh, preaching to the choir here at Crush Performance because right from day one, uh, we frame this up much like we do when one of our athletes gets an injury, Johnny. We said, you look, everybody, hey, for our athletes, the people we work with and the, the organizations we work with, we're, we're sort of working on that 90-second rule, man. You get 90 seconds to feel upset, feel sad, feel frustrated, cry if you want. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's frame this up as the opportunity that it truly is. You know, our sports aren't continuing on. Our seasons are shut down. So we need to look at this as, as you mentioned, a huge opportunity to return in a much better place when we get going again, because we will get going again. And I think the people who are really in tune and on the right track to take advantage of this are going to have a really, really strong advantage when we come out of it. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about today, Johnny, because there's so many things you can do. Um, we know on the physical side, there's lots of priorities we've been talking about on the show, cardiovascular being one of them. Um, maintaining some sort of daily schedule. That's been one of our mandates right from day go. Let's get a, let's get a daily schedule going. Let's try to follow it and be consistent. If you're a student with homework, get it in, 
But wake times, sleep times, meal times, homework time, chore time, all these things just get organized and then let's get to work. And, and um, on the mental side, there's lots of things we can do. And Johnny, it's growing. You know, since you and I talked, you know, uh, on the show last, we've seen some huge advancements just in the mental training world and so many great things. But I think what I'd like to do is let's maybe start people off going back to just some of the, the foundations, you know, with zone performance, what you and I have been talking about on the show for years and years, let's go back and just talk about, Hey, what exactly is biofeedback and neurofeedback? Let's start there. And then we'll look at cognitive perception and we'll talk about, you know, uh, mindfulness and mental toughness, all this sort of thing. But when we get back to some of the things that people can do here during the shutdown, biofeedback and neurofeedback, um, these are really interesting areas, and if people aren't familiar with them, incredibly powerful as well. Well, Jeff, can I can I just reiterate something that I think you said that's really really important? You said that ninety second rule. <clears throat> I think a lot of times people think mental toughness is you, you're numb, you don't feel anything. If anything, what biofeedback and mindfulness do is they teach us yes, feel it. You know, there's a lot of kids that didn't get drafted into the Western Hockey League the other day. Um, you know, they didn't get drafted into major junior, but it doesn't mean you don't feel it. But what, what I would say is through biofeedback and neurofeedback and through mindfulness is we can have a thought and a feeling about anything, but we don't allow that thought and feeling to have us. So with biofeedback, we can look at skin conductance, which is our emotional reactivity. We can look at our heart rate variability, which literally measures our nervous system. And we can look at, you know, our skin temperature. And, and what biofeedback does, Jeff, is it takes the invisible and makes it visible. It, it teaches athletes, just like weight training, it teaches athletes how to learn how to self-regulate themselves. And what a powerful tool. So, you know, it's exactly what you said. You feel it. It's not you don't feel it. You can't. You, you you don't have control over your thoughts and emotions, but you definitely have control over how you choose to respond to them. And through biofeedback, when you learn how to have these self-regulation tools, when you can learn how to control your heart rate and your breathing, and I'm sure you've done a lot of work with, you know, Patrick McEwen and the oxygen advantage and learning how to breathe, you know, nostril breathing. And, you know, when you're powerful, powerful tool, you know, if, so if you do get this devastating news, you, you maybe didn't make a team or your teams, you know, like right now, everything's shut down. Okay. This is where you can step back, notice what you're thinking and feeling, and then make a better choice as to how you want to respond to it. And, and there's so much great technology now, you know, there's a little sensor that can you put on your finger and you can do it with your phone where you can go and practice these different breathing techniques and learning how to self-control your temperature and, and learning how to control your emotional reactivity and do it in a way that's very mindful. Does, does that make sense, Jeff? It totally makes sense. And you just said the magic word. You finished with one of those magical words. Uh, we're talking with uh, our good friend and crush favorite, John Stevenson, registered psychologist from Zone Performance, mindfulness. And and it really, it's such, it's such a simple concept, Johnny, yet it's so, so powerful. I mean, if we're just aware and it kind of goes back to something you said earlier as well, that, that again is one of those other all powerful concepts of just, you know, controlling what you can control. And I think it's really, really important at any stage in performance development or life in general, that we have a 
good understanding of those things that we do control and those things that we don't control and then how we respond to what happens around us. But that mindfulness holds this, this whole concept of mindfulness is, is all powerful right now. I think Johnny, and it's really, really influenced a lot of people I've seen in basically every arena of human performance. Yeah. And, and you said something earlier, Jeff, like I go back to, you know, one of my NHL goalies, um, you know, prior to the all-star break, he, and so it was, he was not allowed to go on the ice. Well, how is that any different than what we're doing right now? It's not, but what he did because of his awareness, Jeff, he looked at, okay, I can't do the technical part of the game, but I can definitely work on the physical. I can definitely work on the tactical and I can definitely work on the mental. And, and, and he worked, you know, with his nutritionist. So he spent a lot of time, you know, with his personal fitness trainer in Sherwood Park. He spent a lot of time with his Pilates and Garuda instructor. He spent a lot of time with the physiotherapist. And then he did a lot of the vision training, um, the cognitive perceptual. He's using some modern technology that, you know, we can talk about that he's doing at home. And then he worked a lot on the mental, doing mindfulness training every day. And then he, you know, worked a lot with his nutritionist while he was injured. And then when he went back, here he goes on a nine-game winning streak, player of the week, you know, back to back in the National Hockey League. And in that downtime, if you want to call it, he actually came back better than he was before <laughs> his injury. So it's the same thing. I, I can see it going two ways, Jeff, with a lot of the athletes, football players, soccer, baseball, lacrosse, everybody right now. If they're sitting there binge, which been watching Netflix and on their electronics all day, I think you're going to see a lot of athletes that are going to be more vulnerable to concussions. But if they take this time, you know, like as James mentioned, the ultra marathoner and maximize it. And they spend time if they are going to be on electronics, let's be on tools like synaptic or visual edge or the cognizance neuro tracker. Let's do concentration grids. Let's work on, you know, and I know you talked about like, find someone like yourself who's going to give you those specific body weight workouts that are specifically designed for you to maximize. You know, I, I know there's a lot of goalies that have never done yoga. And they're they're practicing yoga now and they're seeing the gains and their flexibility. And maybe now when they go back, they're gonna even I think I not think I know they're gonna be better, if that makes sense, Jeff. Yeah, it certainly does, especially if they haven't done it before. And this is such a great opportunity to go out and try things that you haven't done before. And again, it kind of resonates back with our whole idea of being a multi-sport athlete and development and you know, as, as these athletes, you know, especially our pro guys and our college players who are sort of locked into one sport, you know, they're, they're not, we're, we're not continuing as we normally would. We all know that for sure. Um, we still have to maintain our skill sets and our technical tactical work, and that should be part of the daily and weekly schedule. We certainly have to maintain our conditioning. But one thing that we've been really encouraging, Johnny, is our, our crush stay sharp um, drills and strategies for the shutdown. Love um, it. I've is, seen them. They're great. Yeah, They're just, fantastic. Man, I'm telling you that, that I, and actually I'm quite flattered the feedback we're getting from all levels of sport from development. I've got, I've got letters from Japan and Germany and Africa saying, Hey, J Hey Jeff, we've got our, our team. We saw your uh, stay sharp drill on, on freestyle jump rope. And, you know, so we've got our whole team now we've been doing zoom. We've been doing uh, Zoom team meetings. This is uh, some people from um, Germany doing some Zoom team meetings 
Uh, and all the kids are are to learn a skipping or a freestyle jump rope trick over, and then they're they're showing it off to their team. So all these things that we wouldn't normally do. Now, does jump rope may make you a better volleyball player or basketball player? Or no, it's not volleyball, basketball, baseball. But it is such a beautiful athletic challenge for you know mental concentration and coordination there are crossovers there and so all these great great valuable things you can do away from it and johnny the stuff you're talking about is just another great facet of that the screen time stuff because in our daily schedules we also are encouraging everybody to have screen time but gosh can you imagine as you mentioned making that screen time productive and and even impactful on your overall performance wham that's a double whammy for me it is. And I, I I wish, again, most of the athletes, I, I honestly don't realize when we talk about neurofeedback, well, what we're talking about, Jeff, is optimizing brainwave activity. And everybody has it. It's so we have different brainwaves and, and different brainwaves determine how we feel at any given time, whether it's driving a car in the classroom, you know, like, or, you know, on the, on the, the playing surface. And what a lot of the athletes don't realize right now is if they're do, on electronics a lot, and I'm including YouTubing, you know, Xbox, all of this, what they don't realize, Jeff, is two fundamental things. One, it really slows your brain down. It produces a lot more slower brainwave activity. And so now all of a sudden, if you're going back to a sport where it's fast paced, which most sports are, you're going to be behind the play. And the next thing, you know, with, with, with the, the gaming and all of this stuff is your brain gets this reward. You know, it, it gets this dopamine release and what a lot of the the kids and um, and the athletes don't realize is that it can become physiologically and psychologically addictive where you want more and more and more. And now what's happening is you're taking away your focus from where it really needs to be. And that's why I'm saying, I'm, I'm not saying get rid of electronics, Jeff. That's But what you want to do is all the research shows is you don't get rid of a habit. You replace it with a better habit. And to me, it's, it, it, it's your, let's bring our focus. If, if, you know, your sport, if you really want to be the best that you can be, you know, Angela Duckworth's work, you know, about grit and determination. Well, we want to maximize each of these quadrants of what you, you and I have called the performance wheel. And so this is a great opportunity, a great time to work on those different areas. Like, like again, most, like I'm just writing an article about for goalies and a lot of the goalies, when they do the ball drills, Jeff, they, they, they don't do them correctly. And, and we want to make sure that they're doing them correctly to maximize what they're going to experience on the ice. And so, and, and, but a lot of the, the, the athletes, football players, you know, they're not aware of the type of cognitive perceptual training that they can do. Uh, more and more of the elite teams are aware of it, but at the grassroots levels, you know, there's a company right now, Synaptic, that's offering free training. This is a phenomenal program. They're offering free training, and a lot of the athletes are not aware of this. And, and I want to make sure that people are out there because it can train the brain and train the eyes to process more, see more, which ultimately is going to make your movement time, your reaction time, your decision time, you know, faster and more efficient. And, and again, this is a great time to do it because, you know, and, and you're going to see the benefits, not just on the, your performance field, but also, you know, like even for the, the students that are doing online training for their class, they're going to see big differences that way too. 
Yeah, no, I really like it. And I love the idea of this whole cognitive perceptual training as well, Johnny. It just is a, it's another great sort of avenue that we can take advantage of and talk to our athletes about. But you're, you're absolutely right. It's one thing to go out and do these drills, but then it's another thing to go do them with purpose. And, and you know, it goes back to a training philosophy that I learned, boy, I'm telling you, decades ago. And it's something that has just, well, it resonated with me as a young professional, but it really, really started making sense to me as I started working with the elite athletes, the world-class and professional athletes. And it's this whole idea of whole part whole, introducing a skill or a challenge, um, you know, whether it's hitting a baseball or, or, or serving a volleyball or, you know, stopping a, a puck, whatever, it, whatever the task might be, and then breaking it down into the parts that you can you know, really sort of co in a coordinated way attack in order to improve your performance. So when you put it all back together as a whole, and a lot of this research on talent, talent development, and you talk about awareness, uh, comes out of um, music and, and studying musicians and how they learn and how a musician takes, you know, um, um, notes on a page and turns it into sound. But some music musicians, and it's, you know, they still haven't figured out why some do it and some don't, some musicians have figured out a way to make incredibly beautiful music with the exact same notes. And that's a task. And I guess maybe that's experience, but also maybe awareness and direction as well. Well, I think the mindfulness, what mindfulness to me does, you know, Jeff, is it because of your awareness, you can make better intentional choices um, and which in turn, you know, allows you to be, you know, the best performer that you can be. That's what, to me, mindfulness is not, some of the athletes have been thought, okay, this is going to help me to relax better, help me to be more composed. But a lot of it is just, can you be okay with whatever comes up moment to moment, knowing like that it's not going to last forever. Can you be with it? And, and as a result of it, make better choices. You know, it goes back to the famous Viktor Frankl, you know, the psychiatrist who was in the, you know, several Nazi concentration camps. And, you know, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is our power to choose. And in our in in, in that that space, there lies our freedom, that choice. And it's the same thing right now. It's like, yes, it's I don't want to minimize. I, I really want to make clear to all the athletes and everybody, the audience is not to minimize what's going on right now it, but we definitely if we can't change the circumstances we can definitely change ourselves and we can maximize our training right now to, in my opinion to actually come back better athletes than we were before if that and i know that for some people that might sound crazy but i really believe that no there's no question and there's absolutely no doubt in my mind johnny that's absolutely right and there's so many different ways you can do it and that's why it's really great to come in and have you t talk today about the mental side of a sport because you know for a lot of our injured athletes when they're injured and physically uh unable to do anything you know other than just rehab and get treatments that's a time that we attack these sort of things, you know, these things that we normally wouldn't work on if we were proceeding as normal. And, you know, the vision training, the mental training, learning how to breathe, you know, in the early stages of, uh, of an injury rehabilitation, those are the types of things we really start focusing on. And then as, as the physical uh, repair happens and they get more able to participate and start getting back to the physical, we tie this new mental vision, whatever it might be that we've worked on, into their physical game. And that's a beautiful thing. Johnny, listen, I know you've got to go and do a Zoom call and technology has been one of the great, great 
I guess, reprieves in this this terrible downtime for everybody. But um, uh, just in a final note here before we let you go, is there anything you'd like to share just as we sort of part ways here? Well, I just want to let our audience know if they're interested in the cognitive perceptual training. As I mentioned earlier, one of the companies, Synaptic, has been unbelievable in offering free training right now. So if anybody wants more information about what Synaptic is, what it can do, um, go to our website, zoneperformance.ca. And you can click on there. There's a page entirely devoted to cognitive perceptual training. And if you want this free training, um, you just have to contact us and we'll get you set up with the app. And I can show you a whole bunch of other training uh, for free right now with regards to breath work, with regards to mindfulness. So there's so many things that the athletes that can that they can do right now that is of no cost to them whatsoever. And I'd be more than glad to share that information so they can contact us at 780-803-5646 or contact us via our website, zoneperformance.ca. John Stevenson, crush favorite. End to end, man. No question about it. Fantastic conversation today. And as the shutdown continues here, uh, I'd like to continue this discussion. So we'll look forward to talking to you really soon, Johnny. Thanks again for everything, Jeff. And uh, stay safe. And I hope your family and everybody's staying healthy. Take care. All right. There you go, everybody. John Stevenson from Zone Performance. So many great nuggets in that conversation right there. Again, you can go back, go to Crush Performance. You can go back and listen to this again to the podcast. Um, A lot of things you can be doing right now to improve yourself well, from the mental game. It's such a tangible thing now, though. The, the knowledge that we have and the tools we have now to train the mental side of sport and get into our brain and understand how it's really working now. There's lots of work to be done, but I've often said that the brain is one of the last bastions for human performance. And we start getting a, an idea of how this thing really works, but how to train it even more. And some of these tools that even we talked about in this conversation are allowing us to do exactly that real time. And it's having a massive impact, just not on performance, but return to play from injury. And also in terms of, you know, attacking mood and mood disorders. Oh, so many great things. I want to thank John Stevenson again for coming on. I want to thank you guys for listening today. Uh, Maybe practice some of this stuff over the next couple of weeks as we look for ways to return to normal. But more importantly, we look for ways to get better during this downtime. I'm going to be posting uh, links on our Twitter feed at Jeff Crush and also on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can search out Crush Performance. I'll post those conversations we had with the guys at Visual Insights with Ryan Harrison from Slow the Game Down. I'm also going to post the link to the presentation I did for the Baseball Canada, the National Coaching Certification Program. They're talking about ideas for the shutdown. Now, it's baseball-esque, keep in mind, but we talk about a lot of things that athletes can use from any sport or for our coaches and parents to help their athletes get focused and work with purpose during the shutdown. We'll, we'll post both of those links on our social media here this, this next week. You can go back and uh, check that out. Really important stuff. And coming up next week, you don't want to miss this. We're going to have an incredible look at corruption in sport with yet another crush favorite, Declan Hill. Declan is the Associate Professor of Investigations at the Henry C. Lee College of Criminal Justice and Forensic Science at the University of New Haven in Connecticut. And there is nobody who knows corruption in sport like Declan Hill. He's the author of two great books, The Fix, Soccer and Organized Crime, and The Insider's Guide to Match Fixing in Football. Declan has been around and commissioned by Interpol and a lot of other organizations to get a better understanding of what's going on inside of sport next week. We're going to talk about it right here, so I hope you can join us. All right, everybody, take this week, frame it up, 
go get better, and we'll talk to you next time right here on Crush Performance. This is a sitting ringside with David Penzer quick fix on Radio Influence. My guest this week, longtime enhancement talent, Mike Jackson. Mike talks to us about his incredible story, including starting out in the Memphis Territory, his thoughts on Jerry Lawler, Lance Russell, and so many more in that territory, why he decided to go and become an enhancement talent in Atlanta, some of his favorite people to work with, some of the stiffest wrestlers he ever worked with. We'll talk about him becoming an enhancement talent booker and also what led to his appearance recently at Impact Wrestling and how he felt about the locker room reaction when he got back. All that and so much more this week on Sitting Ringside. Sitting Ringside with David Penzer can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.